Welcome to a Curious Yogi podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and these are my conversations with sadhaks, satsangis, and other spiritual seekers. Join us as we discuss and discover what it means to live a spiritual life and walk the yogi's path. Each week, you'll gain insights into your own practice as we share the stories and wisdom of those that walk the path with us. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. Welcome back to A Curious Yogi's rendition of Good Company. In these candid conversations, I riff with friends and fellows on all things yoga, spirituality, and sadhana. Today's conversation is super exciting for me because it's a topic I literally know nothing about. To talk about sadhana and motherhood, I've invited two new friends I've recently had the pleasure of connecting with through the Blissful Biz Incubator. I'll tag that in the show notes if you're curious about what that is. So let's get into it because these two brilliant yogis and moms are time-juggling magicians, so I want to make the most of their precious time. Krishna Hasamal is an Indian and Spanish mom of two, a PhD scientist, and a yoga teacher. She combines alignment-based yoga, the birthlight method, and yoga therapy to teach prenatal and postnatal yoga and help mothers feel better in their bodies and minds through yoga. Krish has over 500 hours of yoga training, teaches yoga classes, workshops, and retreats both online and in her home city of Valencia in Spain. And along with Krishna, we have Helene Roy, a French yoga teacher and wellness coach. She specializes in Ashtanga and Vinyasa, using the tools of yoga to support her coaching clients in finding a life of alignment. She started practicing yoga when she moved to New York City from France in 2009. Yet it was not before the birth of her son in 2017 that she opened to the multi-dimensional practices of yoga and fully embarked on the path of yoga. I love that. Now a mom of two, she shares her time between her teaching, coaching, raising her children, and doing her own sadhana. Prior to that, Helene worked in the finance sector. She held various hats, transitioning from hardcore Wall Street finance to supporting farmers accessing finance in developing countries. So welcome to the show, ladies. I'm so glad that we were able to make this happen. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Robbie. Nice to, nice to be on the podcast. Yeah, it's pretty cool because, like, when we joined the incubator, you know, like, there's so many people in it, and I just felt really, like, a nice connection with you both, and it just so happens that you're both moms, and, um, yeah, I just wanted to start by really appreciating you both. I just love that we've got to connect in the online space, like, Helene, you're in New York, Christian, you're in Spain, I'm in Canada, or wherever, and it's just so nice that we can have this community online of like-minded yogis and people so it's good. yeah absolutely yeah. yes <clears throat> so I wanted to start out just by asking you both a little bit about your journey because like you both had really respectful careers like you know in finance a PhD scientist like how does one go from that to then like embarking on more of a spiritual path going into yoga having a sadhana practice like how do you transition from that do you want to start krish uh yeah i guess i mean i i love both worlds to be honest it's not uh most people 
I don't know about you, Helene, but a lot of people leave their professional career because they get burnt out or they get stressed or something. And then they've been practicing yoga and then they find that love for it. For me, they both kind of went in parallel. Like I loved practicing yoga and teaching yoga and I loved working. I loved the, the corporate world and the career environment. Um, but when I got pregnant, everything changed and I didn't quite understand why. It's only, what, like four years ago that I had my first baby and with the help of, uh, of, of just therapy. I understood that at that time of pregnancy, priorities changed, things changed as well. And I also realized I couldn't do it all. I couldn't have my full-time career. I couldn't teach yoga and I couldn't raise children at the same time, which I thought I could. And at this point, it's just something had to give. And I have two small children now and I want to be there for them. And I want that flexibility in my life. I love teaching yoga and it just gives me more happiness at this point in my life and it's yeah I had I went to I had to go through a lot of um what are people going to think of me especially from the career in you know from my industry giving up this PhD and this career to teach yoga um but it was just it's just something I don't know how to explain it something inside me shifted when I got pregnant had my children and I had to rethink about my day on a very practical level. And that's kind of how it's led me to creating this online business and and going from there. Was it the same for you, Helene, or slightly different? So similar. And I mean, Krishna and I, we talked a little bit about this before, and I felt like we have such a similar path. I mean, very different industry, uh, but we kind of have the same evolution, I, I, I feel. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I walked in, I came to New York in 2009, I worked for a large financial institution, Wall Street type, um, and I went through a few changes over the years, like transitioning my career in working in finance, but supporting economic development in developing countries. I loved my job. I traveled all over the place, went to like Indonesia to work with Coco Farmer. Uh, next month I was in Peru, uh, working with cattle rancher, or then I was in Africa working with Coco producer. It was really amazing a job with a great organization. Um, but at some point, yes, I mean, yoga also started in my life in 2009 um, when I moved to New York and yoga for the first eight, seven, eight years was really about the physical practice and stress management and really helped my, it helped my career really. It helped me travel. Uh, I could take my practice with me. It was a support to that career. Um, but then um, when I had my first baby, yeah, I was a little bit in a burnout situation in a way that I was traveling so much. I was always tired. And then I realized having a baby, it's becoming a mother. It's not like you give birth and you're a mother and suddenly you can organize your life like some people do. They keep their career and they work full time and they raise their, their kids and it worked for them, but it didn't for me. It didn't resonate. Um, so I stepped back a little bit, but I didn't make the full transition. For a few years, I worked as a freelancer. So in the same area. So I would work from home, I would be with my son and I would do my, my yoga. And then with the birth of my second baby, it's really everything shifted because I had to look at my day and really think, okay, how do I want to spend my time? Uh, and I, I mean, the, the financial flexibility to be able to leave completely my corporate, um, the traditional job and to venture into this new path of yoga. 
so it uh, it opened both like a new career path <laughs> and also like a uh, opportunity for me to really deep dive into my own sadhana, my own practice, uh, which really like uh, I'm sure we'll touch on that, but really supported me as a mother in the becoming process, becoming a mom, becoming a yoga teacher, really becoming a yoga practitioner as well, even if I've been doing this for like 10 years plus. Um, I feel like more like embracing the yoga life right now but I, but a little bit like Krishna I don't think the door is completely closed I think my dream one day is to come back in this arena of economic development and financing um, I don't know if it'll be exactly the same type of finance but using my financial skills for the greater good <laughs> let's put it this way Wow, so beautiful. It is so incredible to think like how you can appear to be on such different journeys, but like, I guess, is would you say that it's like the shared experience of motherhood is kind of like a universal feeling that like people get pregnant, their priorities shift, and you actually start to kind of have to go inward at the same time, like you're going outward because you're caring for a human, you have to keep them alive and nourished and loved. Is there like some, like an identity shift almost when you come into motherhood oh my god totally there's an identity <laughs> shift a loss of identity there's um I, I, yeah it's funny because like you're saying it's a universal thing but i don't think you can be prepared for the feelings of what happens to you it's not someone can't tell you and i know in in, in my case i don't know about helene but i i was a completely different person and i really struggled with this and i don't know if it was what, what i mean just as an example I, I went back to work after my first child and i couldn't do the same job i my brain wasn't working the same way i i i did like yoga courses i just couldn't function in the same way just biologically something had shifted in my brain and i didn't understand why so i had like that part of identity because i've come from a very academic background i've worked in the nuclear industry where you you have to be switched on and I just couldn't be switched on and then the physical side of it as well the body shifts in such a fast way in such a short time and everything changes physically internally and then you lose your identity to your yoga practice as well because you can't do the things that you were doing or that you were teaching and and that throws you off because you don't know what your identity is there in a physical space. And then the thing you said about connecting, um, it's, it's really hard. You do, I feel like you have to, you connect with this other being, but you kind of lose connection with yourself sometimes. At least I did at times because I had to connect with this other person. I would forget about my connection with me, my partner, you know, and, and then your relationship with, yourself changes and your relationship with everybody else changes and I think that at least in my case that's where practicing yoga learning about postnatal yoga and preparing for prenatal yoga really helped me with that yeah it's interesting because like everyone talks about prenatal yoga not as much people talk about postnatal yoga which is probably equally as important yeah or more yeah did you practice prenatal or postnatal yoga Helene um, not in the, I mean, I, I always practiced yoga. Did I go to a prenatal labeled class uh, when I was pregnant? I tried once or twice and I didn't go back, but my background of, I already had a strong Ashtanga yoga practice. So for me, it didn't really resonate. So I did a different way. I kept 
for both my pregnancy, I kept the go- my Ashtanga practice going, just modifying accordingly. And in the Ashtanga community, there are like a lot of resources and many moms sharing their experiences. Uh, so I kind of dig out and ask friends and teachers, uh, listen to podcasts, and I kind of modify this way. And I complemented that with a little bit of physical therapy to really get that connection, in your connection with like all the pelvic floor, which I think I would have gotten in a prenatal class, but I didn't. So yes, I mean, yoga was a part of my journey as a pregnant and a future mom and also afterwards. But not like I did, I, I don't have really experience in taking this type of classes, Krish uh, teaches. Um, but for me, just I wanted to, if, if you don't mind coming back to the last question, because totally yeah, like I could, everything that, that Trish said of just resonate the same way, but just wanted to, I have, you have two as well. I have, I have two. I, I, yeah, I have also two, uh, one boy, one girl. And I had quite two different experiences, I think, with them. The first one was really like, boom, like the, the a, a shock, like, um, really like it took me and didn't expect anything of this. Everything was about the pregnancy and delivering the baby. And I was in New York and uh, we didn't really have friends. I didn't have close friends going through that same pregnancy at the same time. So um, I was a little bit on my own and I only had those information about who do you deliver? What's the best delivery? And once the baby was here, like, yes, a completely shift happened. I both physically, emotionally, mentally, I was really, really pushed to the edges. Um, I was, I mean, I'm pretty sure I, I did a little bit of um, postpartum depression because it was really difficult. The first, the first um, six months or eight months really was like a tsunami. And I was completely disconnected from myself. I was just like trying to survive physically to care for this little baby. And uh, I was kind of going to yoga and going back to my physical practice just out, out of routine and because I felt like I want to survive I need to just get out of this house and talk to people uh, and the second time around I kind of was like okay not this again um, I'm not doing I'm, I'm not in my job anymore I don't live in Manhattan I'm going to approach this very differently and really the second and I worked with different healers um, and I was really focused on that internal experience and connections so I got less thrown away the second time. I felt as connected and nurture myself the right way. But during this second pregnancy, and it was also during the COVID time, I kind of didn't do anything. I was just focused on just me, this baby is coming. I don't want to be thrown away. And I want this deep connection with my baby. Did I get thrown away? Yes, a little bit. <laughs> the second baby is, I mean, adding a child to the family, it's also like, um, a step, uh, but very, very differently. I, I felt a shift of identity happening again, but not as strongly. The first one was really in, completely outward, everything exploded. And the second one was already, was more going deep inside and using those practices and using the yoga to really connect with that being and connect most importantly with me becoming a mom, with that process of becoming. Um, so quite slightly different experience and if I, if ever we go for a third one, I think I'll do things again a little more differently. But yes, I'm definitely a different person, and um, but really grateful and happy for that. 
even if it, yeah, I cannot remember very difficult for my, my, my son. Yeah, so it sounds like you know, the first baby, even in my community, I have so many of my friends have children, and like the first one, it all, I guess it's, it is the new experience. Like, how would you say that your yoga practice, or like even if you lo- felt that you had lost it a bit when you were going through those hard times, would you say that just having the yoga in your background like helped you navigate through that difficult time, or was it just like, my yoga practice, my spiritual practice is out the door. Like, how would you say that that supported you or did it at all? For my, when my son was born, I think before he was born, my, my yoga was really physical practice. It was Ashtanga Vinyasa yoga. I would go four or five times a week at a very strong physical practice. I was slightly interested in the other aspect, but I have so many other things in my life. It was really mainly physical with me. So when my son came in and after going through that like emotional like tsunami, I think like I was like I want to deep dive into the other aspect. And this is when I, I learned to meditate and I try to be um to give a chance to those pranayam practice and other aspects. Um I started to work with an Ayurvedic uh, counselor and slowly, slowly I took on a wider path of yoga. Because my physical practice, I mean, I have to admit, once the child comes in, forget about the four to five time practice, like there is no time. If I could go like twice a week, I was so happy. And yes, I can do a few stretches at home and one or two some salutations, but it was very, very different physically. Um, but I was not too bothered by that. I think I'd like internalized with my Ashtanga practice that, and we started before I had to stop it for a few months, that it will come back. And I always remember that teacher telling me, your practice is always here. You stop three months, three years. If you're really into it and dedicate it, it, it will come back. So then it was more about, I think for me, the meditation really changed everything. Because so I started to meditate, my son was like nine months. And that's the, that's the third, for me, that's the core practice. Everything else is threaded on that meditation practice. Uh, and I've meditated every day since I was taught by my teacher when my son was nine months, and that I maintained all the time. But the physical practice like comes and goes, um, and right now I'm like all into the physical practice again, and it goes beautifully. But um, I know that I don't want to rely solely on the body movement and the asana part. For me, it was really about building the other components to support support my practice because at the end of the day if I have a busy day with my kids what's really going to save me is that meditation practice grounding into myself knowing truly who I am I'm, as a mom and then if I can go to your class so I can practice at home a little bit that's bonus <laughs> um, but yeah but the, the, the meditation that, 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 that was the biggest change in, in my in, in my shadow and in my practice Sorry, I don't know where we started, but <laughs> no, no, it's actually it's quite interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm listening to you, and it's really similar, but quite different as well. Because for me, uh, with my, I have a girl and then a boy, and with the first one, I used to have a really like similar to you, a strong practice. And I've been meditating for, for many years with different teachers, and I had a strong practice before. And yeah, it goes all goes out the window <laughs> as soon as you have a child, just from your timings, but. But after my first, I kind of got back into it quite quickly. I just was one child and I found I had many moments, not many moments, but I had time. I had moments I could create and and practice and, and sit and meditate. And actually, I find that 
the way Helene, you're saying that now you you've been doing your yoga, your meditation practice every day since your first shower was nine months. I mine's completely out the window, completely out the window, and I find that I've had to uh, download an app, a really you know Headspace app, just to give me that time. To, and I don't practice mindfulness as that way. I practice another, but just to force me to sit down and I still don't do it. And home practice for me after my second is just, yeah, impossible. Not impo I, I'm just really struggling. It's something that I've, has affected me quite a lot. So for me, it's really important to go to a class and I can only really manage one or two classes a week max. And when I go to that class, that for me in my head counts as my practice. And yeah, I wish it was otherwise after, you know, almost four years of having children, but I, 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 yeah, we, yeah. I think I struggle with the scatteredness uh, after mm -hmm. the second child, my brain is a bit all over the place. And I know that that's where the meditation practice should come in, but it's really hard to sit down and do it. How do you make the space in your day, Helene, to and I think sit really, and how long do you sit for? I make space in my day by waking up very early, <laughs> very early. And then still, I mean, sometimes I, I, it, it, it doesn't work out in the morning and I try to squeeze it in the afternoon. My older one is in, uh, in school or camp and my little one, she takes naps and I have uh, a nanny as well helping me out a little bit. So... I use time when she sleeps or when my nanny is here to do to do the meditation. But I like to do it first, really first thing in the morning before before they wake up. I have good sleepers, so that I cannot complain about. Mm. That's not the case for everyone. Yeah, because once if it happens, like the sleep is, it's it. I think it, this is what makes it easier for me because they don't really they sleep through the night. They don't really wake up. But if, of course, if you are up at three a.m. like. Yes, the day before yesterday, my son comes like at two thirty in the night, and last night he came at four o'clock, and then, yeah, then waking waking up at five twenty, this is almost impossible. <laughs> so then it gets shifted later yeah. in the day, but I try to make an effort to do it because if I don't do it, I know I, I mean, I can see myself. I think that's the, this is the whole thing of the practice. With practice, when you do those different practices, the yoga practice, you can catch yourself. You kind of see the way you react. You're more present to, oh, uh, I would not have reacted this way if I were a little more grounded. It's very, very difficult because it really pushes you to the edges, like physically, mentally, emotionally, having children. Like even when they are like four years old, they really like push you, push you. It's constant pushing you, pushing your boundaries. So it's the constant day of being a mother is kind of a practice if you meditate or not meditate it's this practice of the same as in meditation you kind of like catch yourself come back to your breath your mantra whatever you just come back to your grounding your kids like pushing your edges again up catch yourself and try to and even if i meditate i don't i cannot always catch myself at the right time and i it goes sideways and i'm like okay i'll try to do better uh, next time or i try to not forget my meditation tomorrow and that this whole process every day, 24-7 of uh, practice. So beyond being able to sit down, like just the interaction of being a mom, I feel is the same mechanic. Art, like I'm in my yoga shape and I'm looking around the room now. 
<laughs> come back to gaze at your nose. So I'm in my meditation and my thoughts go sideways and like no come back to the mantra. I'm with my kid and my kid pushes my edges and I'm like, no, come back to your center. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, what I said before is that I don't have a practice, like a regular practice anymore. But what I have done in because I, I find that I don't have my what I used might used to be my yoga practice. What I do make sure I do now is practice being present with them, actively being present with them. And, you know, and we're all trying to set up our, our online businesses. And that's a lot of uh, technology. And I think we're always like we have this this it's a bit of an addiction to the phone. Like we're kind of dependent. So now I will, if I go pick them up, I won't take my phone with me when they come home. I'll make sure that I don't, you know, those small things are things that I've had to implement that I didn't do before, but I make sure I do it now. And in my mind or in my heart, I feel like, well, if I can be present with them fully present, then that that's my practice. And that's okay. I love, I love you say that because this month, I mean, July, I think I'm going to extend to August. I'm doing a Instagram um, diet, <laughs> and I mean, I'm just like uh, trying not to be on Instagram for my business and also for my leisure because I realized the past few months grew, trying to grow that business and the technology and so on. I spent so much time, even I'm trying to do my practice at home, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a picture, and it takes me yeah. away from my practice. Or I'm with my kid, and I'm thinking about the next. Oh my God, the same, same, so, same. Uh, and this, so in, I went, came to a point in June, I was like, I mean, something is, that, that's not working for me. Um, and, and I need to get back to being present with them. And I need to just to get back with myself and doing my practice just for myself, not shooting a video of it. I need to be with my kids. And we'll see, we'll see where it goes. Let's just take a break. And I will add a few wonderful last few weeks. Uh, so I think I'm going to try to push this uh, for one more month, even if I know that's a tool for our business. But that's really like, for me, it's like coming into the way. Because really, being a mom, we always like, our attention is always taken away by our kids. Or like, you know, like all of the, the mom's things. And if on top of that, we have like this social media platform, for me personally, sometimes it's just too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be too much. Yeah, I don't have kids and it's too much for me also. <laughs> it does become so much, but like I, I'm i also, the next two weeks I'm going offline as well with my partner and because I also reflected that, like you just, you're always thinking about it, what's next, what's next, what's next, sharing this, sharing that, and it like, it almost, I don't know, it just loses, it. like it, as yoga practitioners or as, you know, deeply i like to think you know we have a deeper space within us then it becomes a bit superficial you know but i loved how you both expressed that your practices have shifted and it's not like for better or worse because obviously you both are amazing moms you love being moms and how you can bring your just your the deepness even just the practice of presence like you know some to have a child to remind you that oh my practice is presence like that actually has such a deeper effect on you um and to have those little moments and um um i wanted to ask you guys about like we've expressed like the physical the mental shifts that have happened since coming into motherhood but could you expand our, I'm curious if there's any like spiritual shifts that have happened, like in a really deeper way 
not even in your practice, but just in yourself as like spiritual, more spiritually evolved people, I think as yoga practitioners has, have you had any more spiritual experiences as moms? Well, I, I can share, I think my, I have to say the birth experience for me um, was just, that was a spiritual journey. Um, I feel like on, on, a, on my day to day, I may be less, I, I just get boggled down with the day to day activities, like Helene was saying, but I would love to, you know, my, if, if I can talk about the, the, the difference, because my first daughter was born in, in hospital, it was a very long delivery and it was still a very magical experience. Um, but then my second, I, I had a home birth. And I practiced hypnobirthing. And that's where I think all the yoga really, it all came together. And I just have this memory and this feeling when he was born. Well, first of all, with him, I was not medicated. I, I, I was just completely home birth with, with nothing, just, just me. I went into a different state. I turned into this like animal state. I started mooing. It was like, it wasn't me. I really really got in touch with what I'd read in the books about this really getting in touch and tapping into that animal instinct that we had. I'd never felt that before in my life, ever. I'd never got, been so withdrawn of all the senses around me until that moment. And then when he was born, I swear I was like, I saw the stars and the moon and the universe, but not not in a painful way that, you know, that you, like, I really had, like, an experience where I was out there in the universe. Yeah, it was, it was just, it didn't happen with her, it happened with him, and I don't know if the, you know, with her I was induced, and with him it was at home. um, And then after that, and the midwife also explained, I, I had this, for the next week or so, I felt like I couldn't take bright lights I couldn't take loud noises I couldn't have conversations I was in this little bubble and it was as if I'd had like a cocoon around me and him even my daughter who at that age was two her yapping and her coming to me was it felt like it was disturbing this 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 little energetic ball of light that was around us you know and I remember that feeling and that yeah and my midwife explained, she's like, yeah, you, you know, you, he, he's still part of your energy. It's like more of an energetic thing. And your baby is born, they're part of you. And you have this energetic field around you that you've created that lasts after the birth. And we kind of need to protect that energetic spiritual field, whatever you want to call it. And, and you become so sensitive to these outside inputs because they're not meant to be there. It's just meant to be you and the baby. And uh, that for me was the most, the closest I've come to a, a spiritual experience since, 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 yeah, since the birth. Wow. I'd like a little sanity. It's a beautiful place. Um, I wish I, I mean, I kind of had a bit of the, the two different births and, 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 and I think, yeah, I mean, I'm based in the US, very different from Europe. Sometimes I wish I birthed in Europe. Um, very, very different approach in the in the health sector. Uh, so the first one was really like um, hospital birth and like 
yeah, New York, Manhattan, busy. You have to go quick. Like, um, didn't didn't get any like induction or um, um, pain relief. I don't remember what it's called. But Epidural. The thing. Well, yeah, when you give birth, after that, your brain forgets everything. <laughs> um, but yes, kind of like physical, a bit painful birth. And the second one, yeah, because I, I mentioned earlier, like I kind of I prepared for that second birth. Like I wanted something. Yeah, I, I wish I would have had that full blown experience, but I was kind of closer to that, like in a way that um we didn't do a home birth my husband was freaked out with the idea but we went to like a birthing center so not like a hospital setting uh i might uh, we had a doula and um same thing like no medication nothing uh and i felt like yes she came out without i mean strain in a way that it was not like physically excruciating it felt so much more natural um kind of like a blissful delivery like she came through um not saying like it was like easy but yes it was it felt so much more natural and so much more enjoyable and i felt like all the work after i, I did like the six months prior of like connecting big with myself using my practice not to be physically fit but to nurture that connection with my daughter really like paid off in the, the having a move blissful delivery um and then i went very quickly back into the yeah there's so many things to do when you have like a new baby um but to, and but i think more, for me more generally is like when i had my kids it kind of opened the door i always had kind of a hidden interest for spirituality and slowly slowly i allowed myself to be curious I allowed myself to be a curious yogi like like you Bobby. And before that I maybe I didn't give myself the permission to or I thought it was not the norm or the way I was raised or what people other were expecting of me. And then slowly, slowly with the kids and with all the I mean all the changes. I don't really know what the the starting point was, but I felt myself more attracted into spirituality and more looking for that inner connection and creating that bliss and following the charm of life, like rather than always being guided by external circumstances. Such cool, interesting stories. I just can't imagine just such the shift of having birth, having kids, like everything is shifting. So it kind of seems natural that not everybody, but some people might turn more towards those inner, that inner work. And I'm wondering if you, if your kids, I know you both have smaller kids, but then you have like, what are they, four and five? Do your kids, do you teach them yoga? Do they practice meditation? Are they like, what's their perception of like what you do? This, they <laughs> put their hands <laughs> over their head and go into tree pose. Mine are, mine are four and two, I think similar to yours, Elaine. And, and they watch me, they love the yoga mat. Um, they've watched uh, during, the co- during the lockdown, actually, during COVID, my daughter, we, I got her and we tried to practice. And I had this image, oh, I'll practice yoga with my child. And it's okay when they're a baby because they lie there. But once... Once they start walking and moving, it's more fun. It's not really a practice. Um, but we enjoy doing a few videos together and we have a yoga babies book, which they love. But it's really kind of just coming into tree pose and doing fun poses. And they, at least, I don't know, my kids have kind of learned to, to sit. And they just sit and they put their hands together and uh, Namaste Mudra. 
Um, but but what you said about the children and and the yoga, I maybe it's related to the question before. I just thought came into my head that's actually it might I don't know the spiritual practice is really um, observing them, and 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 my kids are now learning about yesterday and tomorrow. But until recently, they had no concept of time, and everything was now. And I thought, oh, this is annoying, everything. But then I was like, that's just pure present. You know, they have no concept of yesterday and tomorrow. They are just living in the present. And that became a really big lesson for me. And and by watching them, it kind of reminds me, okay, practice is being the present like they are. Because just think of it as they, you do not know what tomorrow is. Um, so in that respect... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're born yogis. That's the thing, they're born yogis. And then so we... Sometimes, uh, yes, I get also like a little bit ah, annoying, annoyed, but then when you really think about it, you're like, yeah, it shouldn't be the same for me. Like, because if when they are doing something, they're, I mean, I have a um, two and a half and a one year old, so the two and a half, when he's into something, there is no about thinking about what comes next when I want him to come to the dinner table but for him it's like fully present with what he's doing so he's not thinking what comes next uh, it's something they do yoga at school here and that's so cute and it's like no mom this is not the way it's done <laughs> and they learn mindfulness like what did he and every time he comes back it's like what does it mean namaste and so we plan on our work. I mean, they use like simple meditation practice, counting their fingers, like touching, you know, peace speaking with me, touching their fingers. And so, yeah, it's great. It's great to see that. But no, practicing with them now, it, 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 it becomes like a jungle gym. Like they yes. slide on me. And so <laughs> that's yeah. only also on Instagram, <laughs> not in my living room. No, and my little one still, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to wean him off. And when I practice with him, he just ends up climbing over me and lifting my top off and trying to get to my boob and feed. And it just becomes like, no. Yeah, it's so interesting, like, that when, because the way I, like, as an observer, someone that doesn't have kids was thinking of even that question, like, oh, like, do you, what's your kid's perception of you? But I love how you both express, like, Actually, you're becoming more of like the highly aware observer, the yogi, because like what is the practice of yoga? It really is to strengthen our power of observation and to be able to see that in your kids because kids are the most pure, the most unaffected, unconditioned, like right from the beginning, you see that pure being like that bubble of light that you had with your son, Krish, and how amazing it is for you both has like to deepen your own presence your own like you said before just what a gift that is and I love that you call your kids your gurus Kelly and that's awesome um and I wanted just to go back for um a few questions back to your guys's background I was wondering Krish if you found any connection like between your science background and now your you know your yoga your motherhood like is there a thread? Because I'm just, I'm so curious about like a scientist, you know, a PhD scientist that your life has now flowed into this like different kind of world. Have you seen a connection or like a shift in perspective mm-hmm. in, in terms of your science background? Yeah, well, before it was always a, 
when I when I was at work or I had job interviews, it was like, oh, you're a yoga teacher, and they always put it separately. But I never thought of it as separate. For me, my career in science was always about understanding. I went into science because I wanted to understand how the world works. That's why I chose chemistry because for me, chemistry answered all the questions. If you can understand how electrons move and atoms move, you can understand everything. Like. You understand how light travels. For me, that's why I went into it. I wanted to understand how the world works. And and then I learned about yoga and I started, you know, with physical practice. And then I started learning more and more. And I'm like, oh, this is also about how the world works and how to be in the world. And then I found that the attitudes and the lessons I learned from my yoga practice, I could take into work. And then as I career progressed in a really good direction, people were like oh you know you you're really calm and you have an approach and I remember at one workshop someone the facilitator said you know you have like there's like an aura around you and I was like what <laughs> and I really think that my yoga practice somehow integrated with my work my professional world and I was able to be professional and I took that professionalism into my yoga teaching as well and I think for me it's more it's become all about people and especially with the motherhood the link between maybe the career and 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 the and the and the yoga and and being a mother is really about how you relate to people and how you relate to yourself. Um, and actually, my final job, I started in science in a very technical position. I kind of evolved into like business and sales, and my last role was stakeholder management. And now I'm thinking about my I'm, I'm developing a, an online yoga course for for this for the business you know that we're all trying to develop. I'm like I'm doing exactly the same thing here. I'm I love it, and I'm I'm trying to get people from all. You know, I'm just doing stakeholder management, and that's what I do with my fat. And I think you bring that element that you learn into yourself and the relationships you have with people. Yeah, I guess like it all. It's all integrated, and like you said before, like it's all the practice. Like, where does the yoga start and begin? Like. It's kind of it seeps into all mm. aspects I know from my own life and I don't have kids so I can imagine that it does trickle in in like this kind of beautiful way yeah. and Helene I wanted to ask you about what drew you specifically to Ashtanga like I I like Ashtanga but like like it's not my style like I love I want to try really hard but it's so physically challenged I find but I wanted to ask you what drew you to Ashtanga and how do you think Ashtanga in particular has helped you in your motherhood journey? Oh, that's a very interesting question. Well, uh, I think Ashtanga was a little bit of um, not just a teacher, really, because I came to New York in '09. I didn't know anything about yoga. Honestly, at the time in France, it was not that popular. And maybe the most popular thing was Swedish gymnastics uh, when I was in Paris. Um, so I came, I tried different things, I went to different studios, like the bigger studios in Manhattan. And um, then one day I walked to the studio next to my apartment and, um, and I go to a regular vinyasa class and I just love the energy of the teacher. And they said, oh, I'm teaching this uh, yoga class, it's called Ashtanga, it's in the morning, 6 a.m., 9 a.m., you should come. Three hour class, what am I going to do for three hours? Um, so I visited it for a few weeks and one day I show up at uh, 6 a.m. because it worked very well for my schedule. 
And I just love the teacher. And then uh, slowly, slowly, I got into this practice. And then I made friends and in the community. And it really, I think if I walked in another yoga style and I had that same connection with the teacher, I would be doing something different. Um, mm -hmm. Then I think it also worked very well with my personality. Like I was in finance all my life, everything has to fit in a certain order, an Excel sheet, it has to be like squared. So it kind of appealed me in that way as well. So for the good thing and also for the bad thing, because so that structure is it's good for me. I'm very vata. I'm very like airy. My thoughts go all over the place. Uh, so it helped me like to channel that energy back into a system that's comforting to me. The thing is, you don't want to get too much into that system. And I see, I see practitioners. They just like oh, they do six six days a week, and it's just that. And they're they are very excellent, like yoga asana practitioners. But then it's also about this. Letting go. We are that's part of their life. You are in this lineage, in this tradition, but how do you make it work for yourself? And how does this practice support your life? So I had to go through this transition with motherhood as well. So suddenly I couldn't go to practice as much. I couldn't do all the asanas. Uh, I couldn't keep up with the community and the group because I was the mom. So I could take that practice with me at home, but I really have to walk onto this practice is for me myself to support me in my journey so it's not necessarily about doing the series the exact same way every day um so it was a, really a process of letting go and now after like two three years of really letting go even like rejecting the practice at some point I'm, i i got drawn back to it um and i got drawn back also to my first teacher was that that more um flexitarian approach to the practice. So for me, it was a good thing, but it pushed me to the point where I had to learn to let go of it and take the good part of it. So in my teaching, I do, I, I do the same. I teach the traditional way, but I'm really observant of the, the students. And I, want the, I don't want the students to get into the trap of, I have to go do that system for the system itself. I want the student to see the practice as a tool. And I want the practice to serve him or her. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm being a little more non-traditional that way. Um, I'm very traditional because actually Ashtanga, I think 50 years ago, it was taught in that one-to-one -one, uh, yoga style by Krishnamacharya and even like Tepatabhi Jose in the very early days, it was more like an individual practice and then it became that very structured practice. So it's like a new lineage, I think it's about taking what serves you and the lineage itself, as, it has to evolve for yourself as well, as for the practice. Does it make any sense? I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it was perfect. And I, I love what you said about having the traditional approach, but also, you know, reminding your students about that it's freedom, because I feel that in my approach, I can sometimes be almost militant about doing things like traditionally, and I get almost offended, personally offended when I go to spaces, and it's not so traditional, but actually it is about freedom. And, and like, you know, we should always remember that we can't get stuck in those practices. And that inspired me, Krish, to ask you, like, what has inspired you now to take your I know you do teach different types of yoga, but like your main offerings that you're building now are based in pre and postnatal yoga. Like, was there like an aha moment where you're like, this, I have to teach this? 
uh, a little bit with the postnatal. Um, so I did prenatal, I, I trained uh, in prenatal yoga before I got pregnant, just as a safety thing. You know, I, I did a training with my, with my, with my first, um, with my first trainer, Sally Parks, and she was offering a, a pregnancy thing. And you get taught a little bit about prenatal, you know, as a special condition during most yoga trainings. But I thought, you know, most of the customer clients, students are women. I need to know what to do. Um, and that just like, I was like, wow. And that, and a lot of the prenatal training was really about learning about pregnancy. And I didn't understand at the time. I'm like, why? This felt like anatomy, biology. I'm like, why do I need to understand what's going on with a pregnant woman? Just teach me the yoga. But then I understood. I'm like, if you understand what's happening to that person at that time, you don't have to study the manual of the poses. You can then use your own knowledge to say, oh, this is what's going on in that person's body. I can't see it from the outside, but I know the hormones, you know, the feelings. And then I was like, this is amazing. And I got a really nice, um, if you have a room full of pregnant women, you can also, you can always have a pregnant woman in your normal class. But when you have a prenatal yoga class, the energy is really different because they have this thing about them. They have like a calming effect towards each other and the classes are really grounding it's all really about sending the energy downwards whereas in a lot of other yoga classes it's about sending the energy upwards so that really drew me that that shift in energy um and i even told my mom i'm like just look for prenatal yoga i know you're pregnant and you're in your 50s now she's 60 but practice prenatal yoga there's a grounding effect to these classes that just helps you know and then the postnatal was only really after I had my my first daughter. And that was with the birthlight method. And I really liked them. And they, you know, I just, it was very casual. I was like, oh, I'm on maternity leave. I have some extra time. <laughs> um, let me use my time during maternity leave. I, I booked it before knowing what maternity leave really was all about. Um, and I thought it'd be a great idea to take my four-month-old four baby to a postnatal uh yoga tra teacher training and it was a terrible idea I, it, you know it looks it looks beautiful when you see people taking but it was just it was too much and then by the second day I was like I can't I can't do this with my baby around um and that opened my eyes really that postnatal yoga training I was like there's there's so much of what I'd felt in me in those first four months that I hadn't communicated to anybody or wasn't able to communicate because I didn't have the words for and it all came out in that weekend. I could really understand this is this is big, and the care that you can give someone in their postnatal period it can really it can really shift a a woman a mother's feeling, and then that can shift her bond with her baby and And there was the big element of rest and recovery in postnatal yoga and community, and I think that's what drew me to that being able to rest and rest with your baby instead of going from doing, 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 teach your baby how to rest with you. Um, and really, yeah, I really like that element of recovery and nurturing aspect that we sometimes forget about. And that's when, when I had to, um, yeah, pick, pick a niche because I, I love uh, alignment-based yoga. I love Iyengar yoga. That's the path that I follow and the, the, the teacher that I study with, I'm studying therapy yoga I kind of had to decide, do I want to do therapy 
or do I want to do pre and postnatal? And um, I was torn, I have to say, and I'm still studying therapy yoga, but I decided to go down the pre and postnatal route. And um, it's beautiful. I love how this whole conversation, it's been such a thread of like, both of your individual journeys, like the nuances of motherhood, the nuances of yoga practitioners, of yoga teachers, but like, there is that beautiful thread that, you know, that connects us, that connects you two, that connects it all. And it's really just amazing. So I'm so thankful to you both for having this conversation. And I wanted to wrap up. Usually I ask my guests any words of wisdom for the curious yogi, but I'll ask you both any words of wisdom for the curious yogi that's about to embrace on motherhood, that's our new mother. Like what words would you leave them with to just like, you know, support them in their journey. Nothing highly spiritual, but that's my mantra since my son was born and I've shared it with my friends. Like everything is a phase. And that's really everything is a phase. Like this, this, the sleep regression is a phase, the throwing food out of the table is a phase, but also like you're not practicing, it's a phase. And it's just like it will come back and maybe it will be very different but everything is a phase and i i do i this is my my mantra as a mom and i share it with all my mom friends well i think i could take that one as well it's all a phase you know it's like life too you know so it's a good reminder i think for everyone what about you yeah Trish? i think i i completely agree with helen i have a similar uh, where onwards instead of one day at a time it's one hour at a time um but i think from a and I, I teach this constantly in my yoga classes and it's something my my teacher taught me sally parks the practice has to serve you you don't have to serve your practice um especially if you've been practicing yoga before and now you want to keep practicing after we we pressure ourselves a lot. I know I have, um, you know, I need to go back into the same pose that I used to do, but I can't. And it's frustrating. And that feeling, well, you yoga is there to serve you at what you need at this time right now. It's not the other way around. Yeah, I love that too. Well, I thank you so much, both of you. I'm going to leave your websites and your offerings in the show notes. And yeah, I just really wanted to appreciate you. And thank you both for coming. Thank you so thank much. You, Thanks for listening to this episode of A Curious Yogi Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps the show reach more people. Or share on social, and of course, follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate the love, and I appreciate you. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the yogi's path together. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.